0: Welcome to Leonard Birdsong Radio on TalkZone.com. Your host, Leonard Birdsong, is a law professor, a former diplomat, and a former federal prosecutor who's here to inform and entertain you with a mix of humor, opinion, and information. Now, here's Leonard
1: Birdsong. Yes, world, it is Leonard Birdsong on Leonard Birdsong Radio on Talk Zone. Glad to be with you today is August the 17th. Boy, time is flying by. As the Dave told you, our show is a unique blend of humor, opinion, storytelling, and information. Leonard Burtzong never provides you with fake news, and sometimes I'll make you laugh out loud with my dumb criminal law stories. I always start the show with those. I hope you stick with us, and I hope you like what you hear. I'm going to read some dumb criminal law stories. I've been working on some this month, some new stories. But first, let's talk about birthdays. Today is August 17th. Robert De Niro, happy birthday to you. He's 74 years old today. Sean Penn, which many of you don't like, he's 57 And Donnie Wahlberg, well, he's 48. Any of you ever watch Blue Bloods? It's a good program. Donnie Wahlberg, 48. Sean Penn, 57. Ron Robert De Niro, 74. Happy birthday to all of them. Well, I have some dumb criminal law stories that I've been working on. I hope uh, you find them interesting, maybe funny, maybe instructive of what you don't want to do. Here's the first story from California. The headline: What a boob! A woman won an eighteen thousand dollar judgment against a plastic surgeon who posted pictures of her surgically enhanced breasts along with her name. Mandy Stillwell, thirty-nine, maintained she had agreed to let Fresno, California surgeon Dr. Inakieta Lopez to take photos of her bare breasts for advertising, as long as she remained anonymous. Months later, Stillwell's names and breast photos were online. Oops. What a boob. Another story from California. Headline, Say Cheese and Smile. We learned that FBI agents in San Francisco are searching for the (laughs) so-called smiling face bandit. A six-time bank robber who always wears a big grin during his stick-ups. Authorities find it's not a laughing matter because they contend that the bandit carried a weapon in four of the six heists since May 20th of this year. He is considered to be armed and dangerous. If a smiling face bandit comes into your bank, be careful. A story from Canada. Headline, Fireburg. Firebug Bug Dummy, that's the headline, Fire Bug Dummy. It's hard to say that, Fire Bug Dummy. A British Col- Columbia man allowed back in his neighborhood after a wildfire threat celebrated by illegally setting off fireworks. The 34-year-old 30, the Williams Lake man was arrested and booked last Saturday for allegedly mishandling a burning substance and conducting high-risk activity in violation of the British Columbia Wildfire Act. How about that? I didn't even know there was a British Columbia Wildfire Act, but there must be. He was arrested for it. <laughs> All right, it's not that funny. The British Wildfire Act is not funny. All right, another story from Canada. A farmer is offering $1,000 worth of bacon anyone willing to snitch and help local police catch thieves targeting his Nova Scotia farm. His name, Melvin Burns, of Moonay Farms near Halifax, said thieves have taken $5,000 worth of his power tools, pigs, piglets, and hens since late June of this year. If the bandits are hard up for cash, Burns said, he would even like to offer them a work. A $1,000 worth of bacon to anyone willing to snitch and help local police catch the thieves. Boy, oh boy. All right, I've got some more stories here. We go to Florida. You know, there are a lot of these dumb criminal law stories that come from Florida. The headline on this one, pistol-packing padre. A priest driving a red carvette. I'm sorry, a priest driving a red Corvette pulled a gun on a truck driver who tried to pass him on the highway in Martin County, Florida. We learned that Williams Adams, an Episcopalian priest from North Carolina, allegedly pulled in front of the truck, slammed on his brakes, and pointed the weapon at the driver. Police arrested the pistol-packing padre in West Palm Beach just down the road. All right. I don't know why the padre had to have a pistol, but you heard it. Georgia. The headline read bee bumbler. A man's attempt to burn bees out of his nest, out of their nest. Now let me start that again. Out of Georgia, the headline read bee bumbler. A man's attempt to burn bees out of their nest backfired after his stupid method of extermination set his house on fire. A county deputy fire chief said the homeowner lit a stick on fire, then tried to poke the flaming stick into the bees' nest near his roof. Unfortunately, that set fire in part of the house. With flames spreading through the attic and engulfing much of the entire house, There were no injuries, but the fire charred the entire roof of the house. Please do not put flaming sticks in bee nests if the nest is attached to your home. Don't be stupid. Louisiana. He was called a serial offender. A man speeding down an interstate highway in Louisiana was arrested last week after deputies challenged after deputies allegedly found two pounds of marijuana in cereal boxes. Donald Root Scott, 23 of Sacramento, California, was charged with possession with intent to distribute marijuana and speeding. Deputies pulled Root Scott over for near, for traveling at nearly 90 miles an hour on route interstate 12 in early August. Police report that they found marijuana hidden inside Honey Nut Cheerios and Captain Crunch Crunchberry cereal boxes. <laughs> he was a serial offender, folks. Get it? <laughs> All right. New Hampshire. We got a. Hey, I haven't even read the story yet. <laughs> The headline on this one from New Hampshire says, Drunken Dummy. After a fiery crash in the town of Pelham, police tried to free the driver. However, Michael Hines, 53, refused to leave the car by insisting that he could handle the situation because he was a mechanic, police said. Once officers pulled Hines to safety, he allegedly tried to get back inside his car even as its tires were exploding. He was charged, yes, with DUI and what else? Possession of cocaine. (laughs) Drunken dummy, huh? There's more. This story comes from Ohio. The headline read, Would the charges be dropped? It appears that a juror may have swiped oxycodone pills during a drug trial in July of this year. Attorney John Moore believes jurors in Columbus found his client guilty, allowing for one of them, without any noticing, to flee the courthouse with 71 opioid pills that had been offered into evidence, but not properly secured by the courtroom clerk. Attorney Moore is seeking a new trial... Or for the charges to be dismissed. <laughs> now, you know, I've been, I've been, I've, I've been in many trials, folks, and you shouldn't let the evidence lay out there on the table. But I've never heard of a juror actually sw- uh, swiping things from the courtroom, but I guess it does happen and it seems to have happened here. It's my belief that the charges will be dropped since the evidence has disappeared. Here's a story from Oregon. The headline: Was it 420? Court bailiffs in floor in Portland, rather, could hardly believe their eyes when a spectator came into court and lit up a marijuana joint. It's legal in Oregon for persons 21 and over to possess a small amount of marijuana in public. But one may not light up in a public setting according to the law. The man was allegedly genuinely shocked when he was told he couldn't smoke in court. There is no report as to whether he was arrested or fined. However, I'm sure they kicked him out of the courthouse. Here's one from Pennsylvania Salad silliness. Salad silliness. A man raved that there was not enough cucumber on his Wendy's salad. He then threw the salad at an employee and made a threat, police said. Theodore Gunderson, 58 years old, was arrested at the Wendy's restaurant in New Holland, Pennsylvania, the first Sunday in August after he allegedly cursed, threw the salad at the employee and said, quote, if I had a gun or a knife, you would be the first to go, end quote. Salad silliness. Yeah, that one is pretty funny. I, I must agree. All right. We're coming near the end here. I got a few more stories that I'd like you to read. Here's another one from Pennsylvania. The headline simply said, quote, Darrell, you're in trouble now, end quote. We learned that a 21-year-old man was caught trying to use his friend's clean urine for a court-ordered urine drug test. Daryl Koger allegedly filled the condom with clean urine, but probation officers heard an odd popping noise when he broke open the condom. Koger was then arrested with furnishing drug-free urine and possessing an instrument of crime, the scissors used to open the condom. Daryl, you're in trouble now, or is it Daryl, you're I'm in trouble now? <laughs> All right, South Carolina. Headline, she was able to stick it to her kidnappers. She was able to stick it to her kidnappers. It's been reported that Jordan Dinsmore, 20, was grabbed by three men who forced her to drive them in her car because they didn't know how to work the stick shift transmission, she told the police. So while driving, she threw the car into neutral, bringing the car to a slow crawl and allowing her to safely jump out. The three suspects were ultimately arrested. Quote, I'm going to be driving a manual transmission for the rest of my life, end quote. Dinsmore vowed once the suspects had been arrested. Headline, she was able to stick it to her kidnappers. (laughs) And the final story I've worked on. (laughs) Okay, guys, okay. That's the peanut gallery. They're getting too raucous. The last story today is from Tennessee. Headline. Seems the honeymoon ended before it began. We learned that Kate Pritchard, 25, pulled a gun from her wedding gown in Murfreesboro, that's in Tennessee, and pointed it at her new husband just hours after exchanging their wedding vows. The newlyweds had been drinking heavily, according to police who investigated the incident. Seems the honeymoon ended before it began. (laughs) All right, folks. Okay, it's funny. It's funny, I know. All right, those are the dumb criminal law stories for this week. We're going to take a break, a pause for the cause, and we're going to come back, and I'm going to talk to you about some serious stuff that happened this weekend, and uh, there's still some fallout from it. Of course, that's what happened in Charlottesville. I'm going to give you my thoughts on the whole matter. This is Leonard Bertsong on Talk Zone Radio. Stick with us.
2: Consumer Debt Counselors is the company that will help you get out of debt. Consumer Debt Counselors is a licensed, accredited, nonprofit agency that specializes in educating people about credit and debt and helping people resolve issues with debt, even student loan debt. There are so many federal regulations. Most people have more options than they realize, and Consumer Debt Counselors can uncover all of your eligible solutions, including lowering your payment or getting out of default. If you want a partner that will work with you to achieve financial success, talk to the team at Consumer Debt Counselors. They have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating, so these guys are the real deal. Your first consultation is free, and all sessions are kept confidential. Give them a call at 1-800-820-9232, or go to consumerdebtcounselors.org slash birdsong. The number again is 800-820-9232.
0: Although he's been involved in serious criminal law work over the years as a prosecutor, a defense attorney, and a law professor, Leonard Birdsong knows that it's good to stay grounded. That means not always taking criminal law so seriously and instead just having a good laugh at some dumb criminals and their dumber crimes. Several years ago, he began to collect and compile weird and funny criminal law stories. He shares some of them weekly on his Talk Zone internet radio program. And now you can read more. more. More of them yourself in one of his 14 humor books. He has two book series: Professor Birdsong's Dumbest Criminal Law Stories and Professor Birdsong's Weird Criminal Law Stories. They're available for purchase in either paperback or Kindle edition by going to the author link on the homepage at leonardbirdsong.com. Leonard knows that you'll get a few good laughs or at least a few chuckles from his collections of dumb and weird criminal law stories. Check them out for yourself by going to the author. Author link at leonardbirdsong.com. Welcome back to Leonard Birdsong Radio on TalkZone.com.
1: Yes, it is Leonard Birdsong broadcasting from the beautiful studios uh, of TalkZone here in Orlando, Florida. We call Orlando the city beautiful. And it's a beautiful day here. I'm glad to be with you. We know that this weekend in Charlottesville, Virginia, that's the home of the University of Virginia, which was founded by one of our presidents, an early president, Thomas Jefferson. We know that some white supremacists, some KKK, and some neo-Nazis got a permit to have a rally in a park on the campus of the University of Virginia, and there was a clash with anti-protesters. It was... An organization, a new organization, a white supremacist led by a fellow by the name of Richard Spencer. He's organized groups from all over the United States to come to a rally, or he advertised for a group to come to a rally last weekend in Charlottesville, Virginia. It was called Unite the Right. The right was considered of what's sometimes called the alt right in the United States, made up of neo Nazis, white supremacists, Ku Klux Klan, skinheads, and all people who want to have a white homeland for themselves and to have people of color and other religions thrown out of the United States. I don't think it's going to happen. But as we all probably know now, that the march on Friday did not go well. There was a clash between counter-demonstrators and the neo-Nazis and white supremacists. And the white supremacists and the neo-Nazis had been marching with tiki torches, and they have been shouting racist slurs, and pretty much it was like the Nuremberg rallies of the Nazis in the 1930s where they used to have nighttime torch-lit parades in Nuremberg to show their growing strength. On Saturday, anti-alt-right people gathered near the university and a white supremacist He drove his car into a group of protesters, killing one and injuring 19. A young lady by the name of Heather Hires, who was about 32 years old in a paralegal at a law firm, was killed. She was buried yesterday. As a result of all of this, the President of the United States said very little about it for a couple of days, and then he came out with some statements blaming not just the alt-right, the neo-Nazis, the Ku Klux Klan, the white supremacists, but he said everybody, both sides, were uh, guilty of the violence. Now, there's been a lot of complaints about Donald Trump's handling of this matter, there's a fellow by the name of David Rothkopf who wrote a little paper or a little article for the Washington Post. He is a visiting professor of international public affairs at Columbia University. These are not my words. You're going to hear my words soon. But he writes, Donald Trump on Tuesday afternoon gave the most disgusting and public performance in the history of American, the American presidency. Framed by the vulgar excess of the lobby of Trump Tower, the president of the United States shook loose the constraints of his more decent-minded advisers, and speaking from his heart defended white supremacists and, by extension, their cradles of hatred. He equated with those thugs the courageous Americans who had gathered to stand up to racism, anti-Semitism, and the doctrine of violence that won cheers and Nazi salutes of the alt-right hordes to whom Trump must have felt such loyalty." After several days in which Trump had, and his advisers had wrestled with what should have been a straightforward test, task, that is, condemning the instigators of the unrest, Trump revealed the reason that finding those words was such a struggle. Why? He is an extremist. Now, this is David Rothkopf writing. He goes on to say, No one who values the best of what the United States has stood for could watch without feeling revulsion, anger, or heartbreak. No one who comes from a past such as mine, Mr. Rothkopf is Jewish, says that Trump's performance was horrible, and it was against the basic rights of the United States. And he thinks that we shouldn't condone this, and he goes on to talk about leaders' outside of the United States who have condemned President Trump. Now Mr. Rothkopf is a liberal, but there's also a conservative, a fellow by the name of John Poderis, a very good conservative writer, who's also came out against Trump and what he said, among other things John Podaris wrote that President Trump said that there may have been some very good people rallying with the permit by the statute of Robert E. Lee in Charlottesville. And maybe he thought so because the photographs we all saw showed clean-cut young men in polo shirts and dockers. The rest of us also saw them engaging in Nazi salutes and carrying torches. These images seem to have eluded the president. Now, the president suggested many... Had been there on Friday because they cared deeply about the fact that Robert E. Lee's statute in Charlottesville Park is due to be removed. Poderis goes on to write, Trump did not note that they were not locals with aesthetic concerns, but rather had been summoned from all over the country under the slogan of Unite the Right. The ad promoting the Unite the Right rally, which ran on far-right websites all of last week, did not even mention the statute. It was designed to evoke a fascist poster with birds similar to the Nazi eagle in the sky over the marches and Confederate flags taking the place of swastikas. It invited people to join speakers like Mike Enoch, who hosts a podcast called The Daily Show, and Augustus Invictus, an adult, an alt-right figure who once said, I have prophesied for years that I was born for a great war. Blah, blah, blah. Podaris says that a fellow by the name of David French writes, when Trump carves the alt-right away from the Nazis and distinguishes them from the neo-Confederates, he's doing exactly what they want. He's making them respectable. He's making them different. That such words could actually emerge from the mouth of the President of the United States is one of the most disheartening facts of my lifetime, says Poderis. So you've heard some words of a conservative writer and of a liberal writer. My own words are, I condemn white supremacy. I condemn neo-Nazis. I condemn the Ku Klux Klan. They are haters and really have no reason to be Americans. They should leave. I do not have to leave. I believe in the Constitution and believe that all men and women are created equal. Now, I could say a lot about this, but let me just cut through to the chase that I want to talk about. I'm going to just say this. I do not know why young men, the young men I saw on TV in the film clips, wearing their polo shirts and their dockers and carrying shields and spouting off about Jews and inward people, things like this, I don't know why they feel that this is a good thing to be a part of. A neo-Nazi, a white supremacist, the Ku Klux Klan, Why would you want to join these organizations? This has all failed. The Nazi regime went down in flames in 1945. They were losers. The Confederate States of America went down in flames. They lost the Civil War that they started. White supremacy has been outlawed in the United States. Why do you want to be associated with Associated with losers. Now, you know, you may not like what I say. Many of you are listening to me, but I'm just telling you my feelings. I read some things that other people have written, but now I'm going to tell you. Of the many, many, many people in the United States living right now, I'm one of the few that have actually talked to real Nazis in Germany. Between 1986 and 1988, I was a hearing officer in the U.S. State Department for former Nazi Party members and Waffen-SS soldiers who wanted non-immigrant visas to go to the United States. In order to get such a visa, they had to go through a hearing officer. I was the hearing officer. I personally interviewed former Nazis who had been in the war and who supported Hitler, who took an oath to Hitler, blah, blah, blah. By the time I met them, they were 75 to 80 years old. Most of them were repentant. They realized what they did in the 1930s and 40s was wrong. They realized going to war under Hitler was wrong because it ultimately destroyed the Germany that they knew. In talking to these old Nazis, they told me about the hundreds of friends that they lost, about the thousands of soldiers that starved and froze to death in Russia, and how they now say it was all a false spring, and they are sad and repentant about what they did. Hate leads to things like this. I did not like being the hearing officer for former Nazis, but it certainly taught me a lot about what had happened in Europe between 1933 and 1945. Atrocities. Six million Jews and others killed. People put in concentration camps. Now, if this is what neo-Nazism stands for, why would people, young people in America, who have all kinds of things going for them, Why would they want to join a group like this? Well, I'm going to talk more about it after we come back from a break. As you can hear in my voice, I don't like neo-Nazis. I knew the real Nazis. They were bad people. I think the KKK is ridiculous. I think the alt-right is an intellectually fraudulent, Organization. This is Leonard Birdsong. I'm on Talk Zone. Stick with me. I'll be right back.
2: Consumer Debt Counselors is a company that will help you get out of debt. Consumer Debt Counselors is a licensed, accredited nonprofit agency that specializes in educating people about credit and debt and helping people resolve issues with debt, even student loan debt. There are so many federal regulations. Most people have more options than they realize, and Consumer Debt Counselors can uncover all of your eligible solutions, including lowering your payment or getting out of default. If you want a partner that will work with you to achieve financial success, talk to the team at Consumer Debt Counselors. They have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating, so these guys are the real deal. Your first consultation is free, and all sessions are kept confidential. Give them a call at 1-800-820-9232 or go to consumerdebtcounselors.org slash birdsong. The number again is 800-820-9232.